All right, guys, welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that has come up here with our business here recently, which is the interaction between dogs and children. Now, I've gotten two phone calls, two questions regarding boarding and training for cases in which the dog is not the most polite or appropriate with the child at home or the dog is not appropriate with the children and or visitors now this is a this is a a common concern with people who have children and people who have dogs a lot of times the dogs and the children get along a lot of times they don't quite get along but the owners the adults don't really notice it because the dog makes the right choice so I wanted to shed a little bit of light on this because, you know, the questions were like back to back. The the uh, the requests for, for training on this specific issue was back to back. Now, I could easily take their money and go, yes, just, you know, put your deposit and I will do boarding and training for your dog. And I will make sure that by the time the training is done in, you know, however many weeks that your dog will leave your child alone. But I don't do that. We don't conduct business like that. We are as transparent as we can be, even if that means we're not going to get the account, even if that means we're not going to get the business from that client. And if they want to go somewhere else, I am perfectly okay with that. We are all about being transparent, being honest, and we wanted to go a little bit more in depth. So uh, in these couple of cases, we made sure that we addressed this. So I told the the two people, I was like, hey, you know, listen, we need to two different cases, different types of dogs and slightly different situations. But the the concern was very similar. And this is something I've heard about in the past. I've had requests like this in the past. It just came a lot to my attention, enough to make an episode on it because it was like back-to-back. It was like one day I got a uh, a call on this specific issue and then the next day um, pretty much the same exact and different people, different locations, different types of dogs, very similar problem. So how we addressed it was I told the, the owners, hey, listen, we need to I need to get more details because what you're telling me right now is, you know, one person said, you know, we, we need training ASAP, we need boarding and training, and the person is very specific about this. So, A, she's had training before, uh, or B, she has talked to other trainers, and the, the term boarding and training came up because this is usually a term that dog trainers use, boarding and training. Um, you know, some clients use it too, uh, but the the way the person indicated it the way the person talked it sounded like a she had had training with a previous dog in the past or b the person had already talked to other trainers or something along those lines you know maybe i'm completely wrong maybe the the term boarding and training or board and train came natural to this person you know that's not important the detail on that is not important so the person wanted boarding and training and the words almost, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but the words were pretty much something along the lines of, you know, we need boarding and training ASAP because, you know, my dog is starting to uh, attack my child. Now, obviously, 
this is very broad. This, you know, that request is very broad. You know, it was very, um, it wasn't detailed enough. So I wanted to, I wanted to get a little bit more information, and the additional information that I got sort of pointed to the same thing. So, so I told the person, you know, what we need to do is, we need to definitely jump on a call because I want to make sure that this works out for you, and that is our goal, right? My goal is to help every person that I come in contact with, whether it's on a professional level or, or any other, any other. Um, fashion. I want to help whoever I come in contact with. And especially as a dog trainer, that is definitely a priority not to get something out of them, not to have them fund our business, not for them to fund our lifestyle. But ultimately, I want I wanted to feel like this person is winning, like this person is getting a really good deal um, based on service. So I told the person, let's definitely get on a call because I need to get details so that you know this makes sense and and you get the help that you're looking for. Now I'm thinking boarding and training in general is good for teaching skills, for the dog to learn some skills. Now once the boarding and training is done, if you train dogs, you understand what I'm talking about here. Once, or hopefully you understand this, once the training is done, there is a period of time in which the dog, once it goes home, the dog will have to generalize what it learned in the boarding and training at the house. It's very common for dog owners to have a little bit of a problem with this. It is. It is very common, okay? The training that happens, that takes place in your facility with you doesn't smoothly transfer to the home. You should understand this. If you train dogs, I know you have to know this, okay? This is why we do support. We do follow-up private lessons usually, right? A lot of a lot of trainers do this. They offer a follow-up private lesson or this is why, you know, they'll be... You know, when the dog gets picked up, there's a private lesson, and then a lot of times there's an additional private lesson, and there's a recommendation for more lessons continuing on so that all the training, the money that was invested, and the time that the trainer spent training that dog goes smoothly, as smoothly as possible when the dog goes home because the dog has a certain learning history, learning history at the house, right? And it's it's a, a certain type of, behavior pattern that doesn't necessarily uh, help the owner. So the dog has a series of behavior patterns in the home that makes the owner say, I need my dog to be trained. So when the dog leaves that home and it goes to a dog training facility or a dog trainer's home, what happens is a new behavior pattern is established in the the training facility with the trainer or trainers. So what happens is the dog immediately learns to discriminate, right? At home, these behaviors are acceptable because they have been for so many years. At this facility or in this person's home, these behaviors are not acceptable. 
And there is a new set of behaviors that are acceptable. There is a new set of standards that, that have to be lived by. So in this environment, I have to go through this learning process where I behave a certain way. This is the boarding and training. Now, what happens a lot of times is the dog goes home, and now the dog goes back into that mindset of, oh, this is the place where I don't have to do all those things. So this is where the trainer and the owner have to work together, and the trainer has to communicate this very, very clearly so that the, the owner doesn't feel like they have you know, been wrong so that the, the owner doesn't feel like it was a waste of money because I have heard this and I've had clients that have complained about this with previous trainers where they, they told me, yeah, you know, I got the dog trained here, but it didn't work. A lot of times what happens is that generalization to the home did not take place or was not properly conveyed by the previous trainer. So going back to the you know the dog with children issue this this was my concern i wanted this person to understand also the person who contacted me and both both people that contacted me about this issue uh, they have one thing in common they're they're not close to me one person is an hour and a half one hour and a half away one and a half hours away from here and the other person is three hours from here now i have plenty of clients and club members that drive that distance I have clients that are an hour and a half away, and I've had clients that are three hours away. But I wanted to, and I, I wanted to make sense of them. They have so many trainers in their area, but they're choosing to come to me, and it's easier for you know for anybody to go. Well, no, that's too that's too far. I want to go to somebody closer to me, and that is perfectly acceptable. You know, I, I'm okay with that. So I understood if this person didn't get the answer that maybe they wanted to hear, I know they're going to go somewhere else. I know they're going to go to somebody closer, somebody cheaper. Um, and, and because I understand that and because my goal is to help every person I come across with, across to, is I wanted to let this person know because I knew, okay, one, I, I know boarding and training will not do what this person thinks it's going to do. I know boarding and training alone is not going to stop the child and the dog from not getting along because there are there are variables there that I don't know that are out of my control. You know, I don't know how inappropriate the child is. You know, I, I'm not there. So once we got on the phone call, I got more details, and 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 yes, the the child maybe is not being the most. Um, aware of uh of the the situational uh sort of atmosphere that is happening with when the dog is doing certain things because it's a child it's a toddler right it's it's a young kid um and also the dog doesn't necessarily know how to cope with this so then you have some conflicts and in this particular case there were two conflicts that involved the the dog putting his teeth on the child. Now, can I dr address that on a boarding and training? No. Right, unless I have a a, a child of, of similar age, uh, or unless the child and the dog come stay with us, which obviously is not practical and is not going to happen. 
So I wanted to address that to this person. I wanted to let the the owners, the family know, you know, listen, boarding and training can help and the introduction of boundaries can be introduced during a boarding and boarding and training package. However, there would need to be more monitoring. There would need to be some learning of skills on your part as well. And there would need to be you know, some uh, supervision from a trainer. So this is where the private lessons come in, where I can have the family and the dog uh, together in the same room where I can now supervise what is happening. I can see, okay, how, how do you normally do things? And I can point out and go, right there, this right here is why this is not the most appropriate thing for the dog to do or for the child to do. But I can't do that with the boarding and training service so i wanted to let the person know and i and i told them you know i i want to help you out but i also want you to understand that you know that there is a little bit more to it and the other case uh very similar um it was a, a a dog that was recently adopted now um not not identical to the previous case but it was something along the lines of you know like the dog you know, we get people that come visit and, you know, we want to make sure that this dog doesn't get all crazy. Uh, you know, she has snapped a couple of times when people come over to her. She gives signals uh, that she wants to interact, but then those, that quickly changes. And the signal that they were using is, you know, the dog will, will belly up. And when we rub her belly, she suddenly snarls. Because the common belief with people, the common belief, this is very, very common, and it's a myth, okay? When the dog shows you their belly, it doesn't always mean that they want you to pet them. It doesn't always mean that they want their bellies to be rubbed. This is what 99% of people, pet owners, believe, that when they see a dog belly up, that means rub my belly. And in Many cases, that's what it means. But there are cases in which it means the opposite. Okay, if you're a dog trainer, again, if you're a dog trainer and you don't understand this, I'm letting you know, okay, I'm I'm helping you out here. Trust me, when a dog bellies up, unless you know that dog, okay, if you know your dog and your dog does that because it, it likes its belly to be rubbed, then yes, you're right. But if you don't know the dog, or the dog, you know, the dog doesn't know you very well, or it's a dog that, that you just met, and the dog immediately goes belly up, you don't want to assume that dog wants you to touch him. And I've heard this so many times over the years where people go, Oh, he bellies up when you pet him, he growls. Because a belly up is also a cutoff signal. It's also a signal of hey, you know, don't touch me. It also means it's a submissive display, which means, and dogs don't always give submissive displays because they want you to pet them, to touch them. Okay, submissive displays, they they can mean a, a number of things. Submissive displays can mean, hey, let's interact. But submissive displays also mean, hey, you know what, uh, look, you've already won. I, I really would rather you not touch me. Look, look how submissive I'm being. Uh, look at this submissive display. I really don't want you to touch me. I have seen that so many times. If you look, if you understand body language, you, you'll see this. 
if you understand body language, sometimes you'll see a, a fearful dog, and as you approach a very fearful dog, they kind of lay down on their side, and they look fearful. They lay on their side, and sometimes they completely turn over. Right Now, that dog looks very fearful. Is that dog asking you to rub its belly? No. Sometimes the belly up signal means, please don't touch me. Okay, so obviously I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to get more details on this particular dog. So again, we we jumped on a phone call, and the the situation was sort of similar, but it, it stemmed back from, you know, what I, I want to make sure that this dog doesn't snap at people, especially if we have people coming in to visit. So boarding and training came up. Now, again, I, I wanted to explain that to them. And sometimes when I explain that to them, you know, I'm, I'm telling, sometimes I'm telling people that want to, to give me money. They want to pay me for boarding and training, right? And as a business person, it makes sense for me to go, yes, let's go ahead and do that boarding and training and pay me so that I can do, so that I can do that for you. But again, we're going back to, you know, what's ethical, you know, I don't if it means we're not gonna get that business, you know, if it means I have to be honest at the expense of not getting that, you know, that big chunk of money, I'm gonna do it. Because I want to make sure people understand what they're getting. And obviously I'm not talking myself out of business all the time, okay? There are many of instances in which you know, it works out and I help people and everybody, everybody's happy. Uh, the clients are happy. The dogs are great. The dogs uh, have a good time. They learn a lot. And there's a nice, smooth transition when the owners pick up the dog. There are plenty of times where that does happen. But I always want to make sure that people understand what they're getting, that people understand uh, that sometimes it's not the best service. Okay, sometimes boarding and training, and I would even say plenty of times, boarding and training is not the best service. So uh, that's one of the things that I wanted to address. And also, you know, with children and, and dogs, that's a tricky one because people expect, people expect dogs to, to be bulletproof. People expect dogs to be okay with getting their space invaded. You know, they they think that it is unacceptable for a dog to protest, that it should be unacceptable for the family dog to let you know, please don't touch me. You can touch me. You can do everything you want. You can invade my space and you can, you know, take this from me and that from me. Uh, and it is acceptable for you to invade my space anytime you want. And you and your friends and your family and your other pets to invade my space all the time. But if I say, please don't do that, suddenly that's unacceptable. People don't understand that. People don't look at it from the dog's perspective. And what happens is you you will have some dogs out there that will tolerate all of that. Okay, and some of these some of some pet owners have had dogs like that that tolerate everything. And if at some point they didn't tolerate it, they took care of business and let the dog know, 
you're not supposed to protest. You you will deal with this. Now, obviously, if you have a dog that is submissive enough that will go along, they'll go along. If you have a dog that goes, no, 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 th- th- this is not okay. You are invading my space, and and your your relatives, your friends, your other pets, they're invading my space, and, and I'm not okay with that. I have to say something. Suddenly, that dog is the problem, right? And that's what owners will look at. That's when they go, this dog needs training. And sometimes, I would say a lot of times, the owners truly don't know. They they never really look at it from the dog's perspective unless they have a trainer who tells them, look, you know, this is why, why your dog is doing this. And yes, we want our pet dogs to to understand and tolerate certain things because, you know, they are animals living in a house with your family. So you have two types of animals, two species living together. So there's going to, there are going to be some misunderstandings occasionally. And we want the dog to understand, look, dude, look, you got to chill out. You are living here. Um, You know, this is a, an interesting arrangement, but you know, this right here is unacceptable. So I, I agree with that. I agree that, that there are some things the dog needs to understand. This is kind of how it is, dude, too bad. Okay, but not entirely. There are plenty of instances, plenty of instances where I will look at it and I will go, you know, the dog is right. What you are doing, what you are subjecting your dog to is kind of unacceptable. You know, what you are subjecting your dog to is unnecessary. What you are expecting out of this dog to tolerate is unreasonable. And that we can't fix with a born and train. I'm not talking about these two instances, these two cases, by the way. Okay, I'm not, I'm not particularly talking about that. They were very open. When I sort of brought that up, uh, both families were open to, you know, to, to learning, you know, one, one of the families even said, no, I'm, I'm sure there are some things that we're not doing 100% correct and we want to learn how to do these things. But just in general, just the, the way we look at dogs here today, it's like we look at dogs almost as furniture. You got to deal with people sitting on you and doing this and you just got to stay there and put up with it. And although partially, partially, that's correct. There's a lot that the dog, um, w- we want to look at the dog and go, no, dude, that, that is unacceptable. What you are being subjected to, you shouldn't be subjected to. You know, no, no child should be riding you and pulling your ears and all of that. Uh, no, no friend of the family should come in and just like, touch and grab your face even though you're uncomfortable with it there are times where that we need to look at that and go that's why that dog acts the way it does that's why it occasionally snaps that's why it tells you i don't want to deal with this and we have to understand not every dog is like that some dogs are perfectly okay with that or some dogs are more tolerant of that and some dogs even though they hate it they will not say anything but we have to understand not every dog is like that we are living with an animal and we have to understand that there are some compromises occasionally to be made 
right? Obviously, the dog has to compromise with certain things. We have to go, no, dude, you can't just piss all over the place. You're going to have to hold it until you go outside. That's a compromise, all right? Uh, there are some rules here. But also, on the human side, we have to be respectful and go, all right, dude, you know, while you're eating, I'm not going to get out of my way to stick my hand all over your food bowl and stick my hand in your face just so that I could prove to you that I can do that. That doesn't make sense either. So I just wanted to bring that up. It was uh, an interesting topic that that was very present in our business, in our pet business. And it was something that I wanted to talk about because I, I know this does happen. I know other dog trainers get these phone calls. And I know some pet owners that listen to this podcast, they might have situations like this. Right, the other big one is I've heard before is, oh, I'm about to have a baby. How do we introduce the baby to the dog? And my question is always, why do you need to introduce them? What is so important about your brand new, okay, newborn baby to like be face-to-face and introduce themselves to the family pet, to the animal, to the, the pet that lives, the animal that lives in your house? Why do you need to introduce them? That mentality, to me, it makes no sense. To me, that, okay, that's my, my outlook. It doesn't make sense because I'm looking at it as why? Here's a better idea. I've, I've gone through this. Okay, I, I have, uh, I've been training those for a very long time. I've had those for a long time and, I've, and I have children. The best thing to do is... Fido, there's a newborn baby. Leave that baby alone. I know you're curious. I know you're smelling the air. I know you smell a new child. And I know you're very, very antsy to to get to see what's going on here. And what I'm going to tell you, Fido, is screw off. Give that baby his space. That baby doesn't know any better. That baby is completely defenseless. Okay? And your task as the family pet, as the animal that lives in the house, is to leave that baby alone. And my task, okay, my responsibility as the adult, as the pet owner and as the father, right, as the adult, my role is to keep that baby comfortable and safe and to keep the animal away from that baby. What will happen is, as the baby grows and as the as the dog becomes adjusted to the the introduction of the new family member, the novelty goes away, and then the dog goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's the other family member." And then as the child grows, then we introduce boundaries to the child, because children will see a dog and they're like, "Oh my god, dog fluffy thing!" Right? That they, they want to hug it and grab it, just like I, just like it is important for me to keep the dog from invading the space of the baby, I'm going to expect the same thing out of that baby as it gets a little bit older. Then it's my job, my task, my role to keep that dog safe, to make that dog feel safe. And now I'm going to go, hey, you know, baby, you know, toddler, listen, I know you're excited and you see this dog and he's all fluffy, um, but your job, okay, is to give that dog his space. And children can learn that, and dogs can learn that too. And you can now live in harmony with the baby, however many babies, and however many dogs, by 
introducing boundaries. There is no need to have the baby, the newborn, and the dog sniffing each other. There are so many tricks out there like, oh, you know, grab the, the clothing from the baby from the hospital and bring the clothing back and have the dog smell the clothing, you know, the, the diapers and all of that. It's such a, such a big event, such a big preparation for what? Trust me, you don't have to do that. I've been very successful with that. I've had people that I've known and clients that I've helped with this, and nobody has any issues with not making a big deal out of the introduction. So it's another piece of advice to you guys. Anyway, so I just wanted to wrap it up. As of right now, so today's the uh, December 15th. On the 19th, uh, that's Sunday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'm going to be doing an interview with Michael and Barbalone on Nepopo School. And we're going to get to hear, hear from them about their perspective from the school and and the uh, the Nepopo system. So stay tuned. Obviously, maybe by the time you hear this, the interview has already taken place. What I'm going to try to do is, with their consent, I'm going to record it. And I'm going to probably put it on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, Doctoring is My Passion. If it's already past this date, past the date of the interview, uh, check it out on on um, on YouTube, Doctoring is My Passion. And with their consent, I'm going to record it and I'm going to post it on, on uh, YouTube. So anyways, see you guys in the next episode. <laughs>